And we are back, Devils on the Rush, episode 13. Uh, I think it's kind of fitting, an uh, unlucky number with an unlucky week. Alex, we had a busy week, four games against the Rangers, Stars, Flyers, and Panthers. And unfortunately, they all had one thing in common. That's yeah. a big fat L. Yeah, unfortunately, it was not a good week for the Devils. The worst one since we've started this podcast. So, um, yeah, just I mean, we'll get into it here in a little bit. But uh, their first adversity of the season, that's for sure. We we knew this was coming. We knew there'd be a point in the season where this would happen. Um, I don't think we thought five in a row, um, but we, we knew troubles were coming. It wasn't going to be sunny days uh, forever. Um, but I think now it's just time to assess what's going wrong and, and how to fix it and move forward. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into all that stuff looking back on the last week. And I got some stuff for stats, uh, stat attack as well. That'll go on that. So, yeah, plenty to talk about here to get the new week started. All right. Perfect. Let's hop right into it. The Rangers game on Monday, the Hudson River, River rivalry. Uh, the fisherman was in attendance for this game. Um, and I'll get into my gripes about the garden later, but Alex, what did you see from this one? Uh, yeah, so the devils were definitely the better team that game. Uh, they just dominated the Rangers at five on five. It was one of their best five on five performances of the season. Uh, but they got sloppy at bad times. Uh, you know, the late period goals, that was kind of not the start of that trend, but, um, I think that's when it started really becoming noticeable as a problem. You know, they gave up a late goal to the Rangers at the end of the first period and when they were up 2 nothing. And then, obviously, you know, there was the goal, two, oh, the two goals after Jack Hughes' failed um, shoot, uh, penalty shot that the Rangers got. It was just kind of like some sloppy work from the Devils. You know, there was the one uh, right when Kako, uh, who's, Kako was not, yeah, Kako tied it, right, that game. That three three and then yeah the finish the finish yeah there was wonder. the power play right yeah so there was the first of all that that call was yeah. atrocious that was whatever that goal. was it yeah. swung the momentum you know first it was the miss missed uh, penalty shot which I'll even debate shouldn't have been a penalty shot I thought we should have got two minutes I, I really didn't see him having a clear breakaway he seemed like he was side by side with him and Jack intercepted the puck at the dots. That was a tough one. Um, much rather would have had the penalty there, eat up to two minutes. Um, penalty shots can go one of two ways. Obviously, you score, huge momentum uh, shift, or they save it, huge momentum shift for the other way. So, um, and, and we saw what happened there. Yeah, but I'm not even sure that penalty shot was really the momentum shift. I thought it was the, the Siegenthaler interference penalty air quotes that they called like a couple minutes afterward. I, I mean, you see that play all the time and they don't really ever call that. So, um, yeah. Considering the Rangers player skated into him as well. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I'll push back a little bit on the power on the, on the penalty shot. Uh, I was in the building and, and there was a definitive turn in the energy of the building. I wouldn't say um, maybe not the play, but there was definitely the energy. They felt like they still had a chance, right? If Jack put yeah. that one in, you yeah, would have had crime over. Rangers. Yeah. yeah, that's game over, right? Um, so in, in that sense, that's that that's what I mean with the with the momentum shift. Yeah, and that's definitely fair. Anytime uh, you know, a team gets kind of a, a momentum shift, the crowd it's the crowd usually pays a part of it if it's a home game, as it was for the Rangers in this case. So 
that's definitely fair. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Rangers score on that power play and then on the ensuing face off, the Devils just fell asleep at the wheel. Um, and they Kako tied it seven seconds later. And then, you know, and then they had the most embarrassing there. celebration known to hockey players, but you know, that's par for the course for the Rangers. Oh, I didn't even catch that. So, um, over the ice, you know, hugging each other, skates in the air. I mean, it was just yeah. embarrassing. Oh, well, well, there you go. Uh, I didn't even catch that. Henrique scored to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, it's like, okay, this is game 20, whatever. Like, calm, calm down. Yeah, seriously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the game, after that um, Rangers tied it, the Devils played really well in the third period. They just couldn't get one back. And then I thought Vanacek should have stopped that game winner. And yeah, I mean, it was I mean, a bad other, turn, yeah, turnover. Yeah, I was going to say, there was other things that led to it in that case, but he... Yeah, I think more often than not, he would say he probably want to stop that shot. So even though it was a great shot by Heedle, but yeah, um, definitely, um, you know, definitely he wants that one back. But even the plays that led to that, yeah, we can get into the the bad turnover by Dougie in the defensive zone. But even the offensive play leading up to that in overtime, you know, they they tried to do their doop de doo skate around, you know, tire the defense out. And they really did not have an effective or dangerous chance in overtime. You know, they won the faceoff, which is huge. And then, you know, as I said, they skated around for about two minutes and really didn't do anything. Um, the Rangers did a good job of keeping them on the outside and staying with them. And, and then, you know, an innocuous turnover just led to, led to the game winner and ultimate disappointment as I rushed out of the garden. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, at least they got a point out of that game, but that was definitely one they should have gotten two points out of their the better team. Especially with a 2-0 lead. It was almost yeah. a flip the script of the last game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, a tough draw, but at that point, they just you know started the week off with a point, so it wasn't looking too bad, but uh, it's not how the rest of the week unfolded, unfortunately. No, it is not, uh, especially three home games. Um, right. So my one gripe uh, with the garden is if you're on the second level, they don't have ushers. So, you know, you got to have ushers to keep these animals in check because we're, we're not dealing with an educated fan base. We're just dealing with a bunch of rowdy New Yorkers. And I can't tell you how many times I had to stand up or was obstructed of view because these animals didn't know that you're not supposed to go to your seat when the puck is live. All right. I'm not in a big section here. I'm behind the goal. There maybe was 10 rows. Like, it's unex- you know, inexcusable. Like, have ushers or at least educate your animals on how to behave during a hockey game. Um, yeah. Wow. I didn't, wasn't expecting that to be the gripe with the Madison Square Garden here, the, the no ushers. But it's true. You shouldn't be walking to your seats in the middle of play. So um, I didn't even catch that. I'm trying to get around, see, and and like, it's like in the middle of a power play too. It's like, it's just common hockey decency, just absolute animals over there in New York. Yeah. Well, what do you expect from, I guess, a James Dolan owned team? I don't know. Um, (laughs) He's cutting costs wherever. Someone's (laughs) got to pay for that Kreider contract. All right, let's move on. Um, Next, the following night, the Wedgwood revenge game. Scott Wedgwood comes to town with the high-flying Dallas Stars. I thought the Devils played relatively well this game for the majority of the game. I think the scoreline's a little unfair because that's two empty netters yeah, uh, I agree. to that tally. 
Um, I thought they played well. I thought they contained Robertson for the most part, who I was yeah. most worried about. I thought they kept Sagan, Ben, all them in check. Um, you know, they played great hockey. They had 36 shots on goal. Another another great game for them. But it looks like they were a little snake bitten and just, just couldn't get one past uh, the old and trusty Scott Wedgwood. Yeah, I didn't think the Devils like dominated that game by any stretch, but I thought they pretty much went like toe to toe with the Stars, and maybe you could even say it was a slight favorite toward the Devils. Um, like it was kind of one of those like fifty fifty toss up games, and like you said, it was really a one goal game because of the two empty netters the Stars put in late. So and they had plenty of chances when they were uh, in the zone six on five. I, you know, it just just, yeah. just didn't just didn't go in for them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was one of those tough ones that you could, I mean, you could say they could have won, but they could have lost also. And I didn't think they played poorly either. Scott Wedgwood, who's been good for the Stars this year, he had like a 9.09 save percentage coming into that game. Uh, so I'm sure he went up over a 9.10 after his performance then. But he's been a solid backup for Ottinger this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That game, I didn't don't really have like too many gripes with that one it was just like one of those games that you lost to like a really good team uh out in the western conference and you know kind of it is what it is you're gonna lose some games to good teams so like i don't really have too much to complain about from that game and, and the, the one thing i do have to complain about and this was a constant theme throughout this week and we've seen it last week as well giving up goals in the last two minutes or the first two minutes of a period you gotta win the last two and the first two and the Rangers game, they gave up a late one, the Kreider in the first. And then the Dallas game, they gave up a late one to hints in the second. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention f- that. That was, Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but that was the game was like eight seconds left in the second period when hints yeah. scored right to make it two one. Yeah. I forgot. it. I'm at my holiday Christmas party um, <laughs> watching this game on my phone. Like the, dedicated devil's fan i am and i take my eye off i'm like all right end of period let's go let's right. go win the yeah, third exactly. ah, this, this damn hints yeah um it was, it was an icing that led to an offensive zone draw for the stars they won the draw and then like i the devil's i don't know what the heck was happening there but yeah it was another late period goal again so yeah i do i changed my mind i had a gripe against that game that well, can't happen because it kind of that was the what decided the game in the end well and it's also what i think pretty much decided the Florida game too, you know, with the, with the late Reinhardt goal in the second. Yeah. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. Exactly. So th- they got to clean, they got to finish periods and start periods well, because giving up these late goals are absolute bat breakers, momentum killers, especially when it's a tight game, either tie one goal game or, you know, even a two goal game is nothing for the devils. But once you, once you put it out, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So, yeah, these late period goals are definitely becoming a problem. And it's kind of been a problem with just Lindy Ruff's tenure as Devils coach. It's not like this kind of just flared up out of nowhere this season. So, uh, you know, I mean, the whole coaching staff is different this time around. So hopefully they can kind of find some adjustments to make. Like, I don't think this is something you can't clean up. It's definitely something you can kind of get out of your system if you you do the right thing things uh to like make the right adjustments coaching wise so hopefully they get that cleaned up here this week uh because this week ain't going to get any easier as we'll talk about towards the end of this episode no it's not um let's move over to thursday another game that the fishermen was in attendance for um 
God, are those Cooper Alls ugly as hell? I can't. Yeah, I love them. I think they're cool, but no, they 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 honestly look like a Richard Simmons fitness class out there on <gasps> skates. I mean, it is just atrocious in person. I almost threw up my uh, dinner uh, when I was at the game <laughs> on Thursday. But uh, let's let's get past that because this is the third time the Devils have played the Philadelphia Flyers. The previous two times, they didn't deserve to win. They squeaked one win out, lost the first one, uh, first game in the season. Again, another, you know, they played better this game. I'll give them that. They played better this game. Carter Hart or Carter Hart um, was was Vesna worthy in this game. He made some outstanding saves when they needed them, when they counted. I think he robbed Jesper Bratt three yeah, or four times save. that game. Uh, got a little pipe help as well. Uh, I think we rang the pipe three or four times that game. Um, and then then I, it's up for debate, right? You know, I, I think uh, I think there's part of the Devils fan base that wants to throw Severson to the moon and then part of the <laughs> fan base that's like, hey, you know, that happens. Not entirely his fault. Tried to make the right play. Uh, otherwise has been playing, I thought, pretty well this season. So. Yeah. Alex, what did you see from the Flyers game? Uh, so I thought the Flyers actually played a terrible game. I mean, they got a shot 49 to 24. Uh, I thought the Devils just dominated that game from opening faceoff, and they just kind of peppered Carter Hart all, all game. Um, yeah, obviously, when you make 48 out of 49 saves, that's pretty tough to lose a game when you make that many saves. Um, and it's not like the Devils didn't test Carter Hart either. They had uh, When the game was over at all strengths, they had four expected goals. So, like he saved well that'd be three goals above expected um that's pretty insane it's probably one of the better goaltending performance of the season league uh league wide so i thought the devils played a really really good game that game uh it's not like the flyers are even i didn't even think the flyers out physical the like the devils or out muscled them i guess would be the better word not, you know? not at all i didn't see that being an issue i know yeah, um so. there were a couple of fights that game and yeah, kudos to my yeah, kudos to McLeod, and that's the last kudos I'll be giving him for the rest of the year, um, and we'll get into that later. But kudos to McLeod for dropping with Delorier because Delorier is an absolute house. Um, yeah, and I and thought he held McLeod, his own. He did, he did. I mean, he he definitely took a couple shots. Yeah, I no, think Delorier sure. might have broke his hand. Um, uh, he didn't go into the box immediately after the fight, and I and I from 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 where I sit, I could tell that um, his hand was bleeding. Um, so that was, you know, it is what it is. And then Brandon Smith gave it to Farabee. I don't even know what the hell Farabee was thinking going up against Brandon Smith. Yeah, that was, um, a, that was a weird one. Yeah. So, you know, I thought the Devils answered the bell that game. Um, just yeah. They just got goalied. Hard to answered it more. Yeah, they simply just got goalied. Like, that was actually, I think, one of their best performances of the season. And Carter Hart just stole a win for the Flyers. So, um, and that's what happens when you're snake bitten sometimes, because that's what I'm chalking it up to. And, and and obviously the constant theme I said here is they all got L's, but in each game, I thought they played very well. There was there it wasn't like they were getting hemmed in or you know just it was just it was just these late mental mistakes that they need to eliminate and clean up, and they would have won these games or at least gotten you know some points out of them. Yeah, I agree with that uh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's not like they got really outplayed in any of these three games. Uh, you know, it's just kind of some bad luck. And I'll get into that in stat attack in a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, they're playing well, which is why I'm not like 
even though they've lost five games in a row, I'm not like super concerned yet. So, um, but we'll see what this week brings because they they do have to get out of it at some point. Yeah, and it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Anything else from the Flyers game that you'd like to note? Uh, no, not really. I think there's one more thing. Mm. The most ridiculous Jack Hughes goal of the oh, yeah, season. That was, yeah, that was insane. Uh, I mean, out I, of all the highlights he's put together, I think, I mean, right? He skated through the entire Flyers defense and then backhanded over Carter Hart's glove. Yeah. So, like, as far as a goal for him, uh, yeah, I think that probably takes the uh, takes the cake right there. But the one he set up for Hamilton in the Blackhawks game too was pretty impressive because he just like took on the whole Blackhawks team. Himself yeah. and made that insane uh, had the vision and the awareness to make that pass to Hamilton too so that both up there for me was like top Jack Hughes related goals for sure oh yeah but I, I I'll, I'll be I'll be the first to admit I did bow down to Jack uh, after he scored that one because I was just like wow that is yeah, ridiculous that was, and my, seeing that one live was just like wow yeah even when uh, just like sitting in my house just watching it on TV I was like oh man I even said that out loud like that was pretty ridiculous so yeah so that was a fun one keep it going Jack alright uh, Panthers game well this was the first game this season that the Fisherman and Alex got together yeah. to watch a game together uh fisherman hosted a little bit of a world cup party so had alex down to redacted location uh the night before because of the early game um again i thought they played well i thought they they matched the florida panthers intensity for the most part um like they just made Burbowski look good which he's not but you know, they, they just couldn't get it past them. And I thought they had plenty of really good scoring opportunities. Yeah, so I thought the first period did not go well for them, uh, for the Devils. That is, uh, it was probably one of their worst defensive periods of the season. And even in the third, they kind of gave up some pretty quality chances to the Panthers. Um, so we'll get into like, this is where I'm, we'll get into the whole Severson thing in a little bit here, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't think they played a bad game all in all when you kind of look at it. I think it was, again, one of those 50-50 toss-up games like the Stars game uh, was earlier in the week. Yeah, um, and we were winning those 50-50 toss-up games earlier in the season, and, and and that's when you get the puck lock, and it seems like, you know, down on the lock right now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some issues in this game that I had, like the power play is becoming a problem now. Um, they got to kind of sort that out this week. It's been I completely bad. agree. It's coming to a point where they can't even enter the zone or making zone entries is difficult. And that was never a problem earlier in the season. And now we can't even make zone entries and have sustained pressure. Um, yeah. They, that, I feel they like, really need to wake up. Yeah. I feel like they've gotten back into some bad habits with the play, uh, the power play that they had last season. So they kind of got to rectify the, that here uh coming up because you know that's a good way to kind of bail yourself out of some shooting luck uh shooting issues if you can start scoring on the power play kind of gives you momentum at five on five so they need to sort that out it was a problem against the panthers because they had opportunities to get themselves back in the game with the power play but they just weren't really able to do anything with it um you know obviously there was the whole thing with nico heischer and the the cross check to the barkoff's knee which the panthers took exception to um, you know, I thought the he like Lindy Ruff had said in his um, post game press conference for that game. Uh, I thought 
he he said that he sure handled it well, but he thought the team could have handled it better, which I agree with. Yeah, why isn't Miles Wood? Why isn't Zetterland like someone just go hit someone or drop the gloves or like answer the bell, get this over with instead of a constant second and third period of them just running at your captain. Yeah. Which, yeah, which I agree with. Like someone should have done something like, I don't know if they're thinking on the devil's part was that we're down two goals here. So we're trying to get, we're trying to get back in the game. So like, don't take a penalty because we need to tie this up somehow. Uh, I don't know if that was the thought process yeah, but, behind it, but um, but go drop the gloves. That's five each. Fine, exactly. go just just settle this. Like, just let's get this over with. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're playing each other again here on Wednesday, so maybe it gets. That is not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's. Uh, I gonna. I don't know who's refing that game, but I must. I mean, they're going to be aware of the situation. Um, so I'd expect that to get. Uh, I am going to be expecting some penalties that game for sure. It's going to get chippy pretty quickly. I, um, and, you know, the Devils, they're going to have to step up. I mean, the Panthers are not a physical team. They're one of the smallest teams in the leagues, and they're, like, bottom five in the league in hits. So it's not like the Devils can't match up with them physically. Like, you can go up with them. Uh, the Devils have some bigger guys, like you said, Miles Wood. And Brandon Smith is not afraid to tussle. Jonas Siegenthaler plays with some bite, too. Like, these guys... Um, you know, if they're taking shots at Nico again, you have to step up and just kind of. If you have to take a coincidental roughing penalties or five for fighting, you know, you're gonna have to do it this game. So, um, but like we we're saying about the game itself, I didn't think like I'm not really concerned about like the Devils getting out muscled by teams too much, even though the Panthers did it. I think it was just you know one of those exceptions because of what happened to Barkov, where the I guess they got the message from you know Paul Maurice like you know we're gonna play the rest of this game chippy um so maybe it's a short-term or like a i guess short-term concern or something you concern about like certain opponents as the season goes along but yeah i have to ask it because bryce brought it up you bringing up mason you bringing up mason well if they are bringing up mason gibson they're gonna have to do it today because there's the nhl roster freeze that takes place at 11 59 tonight so i guess we'll find out this afternoon but i don't I don't see it. I don't think they're going to bring him up. Bringing up Tice? Uh, well, I guess we might as well talk about it now. If, I guess, are you referring to the whole thing with McLeod? Yeah, I mean, let's get right into it. I think we've hit on all four games uh, in a pr- pretty, listen, mental errors. Let's clean them up. Let's clean up the last two, the first two of each period. Um and, you know, the, the goal scoring will come. They're shooting at their normal rates, um, and let's clean up the power play, and we'll get back to our winning ways. Yeah, and they're still, like, I mean, they're top. I mean, obviously the lead in the division has gotten tighter, but they're still atop the division. Uh, their goal differential is still plus 30, which is one of the best in the league, so not really too concerned at this moment. Yeah, and I don't think the goaltending is really letting them down. I think it's been the same goaltending we've had all year. It's just we haven't been able to put the puck in the net. Uh, yes and no. We'll get into that in stat attack. So, Ooh, all right. Alex loves to show me up. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go into some team news first. Um, uh, I saw Mackenzie Blackwood had two conditioning starts in Utica. One not so hot. Uh, the other one, it seemed like he, he, he really did good. pretty well. Yeah, yeah. He played really well. Um, so it looks like he's back up with the team as of today and practicing. Uh, any thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, well, we got a back-to-back coming up, so uh, 
guessing he's getting going to get one of these games. I mean, Akira Schmid, as far as I can see, yeah, I don't think the Devils have made a corresponding move yet, but they're going to have to at some point. Uh, oh, well, here we go. Just an update from Ryan Novosinski. Akira Schmid will be sent down to Utica later today per Lindy Ruff. So, yeah. Black you guys are getting live results, yeah. live reactions right now. Let's hear it, Alex. Akira being sent down. Um I have my opinion. Let's hear yours first. Yeah, so we're going to see him again this season. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, but I'm going to be writing about this. I don't know. I hope to have it out before the game on Wednesday. Uh, that Blackwood's got a lot to prove here. Um, just at least even just be their 1B to Vanacek for the rest of the season, given the way Akira has played this season. So, uh, I mean, I think... It's tough to send Akira down with the way he's played, but I know why the Devils are doing it because you can't keep Blackwood and Utica right now and they're not going to waive him. Um, and to find a trade at this point, it's just obviously we have the roster freeze taking place tonight, so you can't do it before Christmas. Like he has to come up. Um, we'll see what happens after the holidays. You know, I I don't think Blackwood's place as the 1B is cemented for sure. And especially if Akira goes down to Utica here and he plays really well for the Comets then it's just going to be pressure to bring him back up again, especially if Blackwood struggles. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it's definitely an, an interesting, I guess, twist to the season, because I don't think anyone saw Akira Schmid being the guy who would come up and play well if an injury happened. I think most people thought it would have been Nico Dawes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, I think, I'm not saying I'm for or against, like, uh, really putting Akira Sh- uh, Schmid back with the comments. I just think it's a move that they had to do because of the way the roster is right now and we'll see what happens with blackwood but you know maybe if he plays well and can kind of help them get out of this little funk that they're in right now then you know i don't i don't think anyone will complain so we'll see yeah i mean blackwood's gonna have to win them a game that yeah hands down he's just gonna have to win them a game yeah i can't have one of these half-assed performances um he's got to come in there and win a game it's either tuesday or wednesday I assume he'll get the Wednesday game against the Panthers because uh, you go back to VTech on Tuesday. Right. Or, what? you know, I, I can't see them going VTech, VTech Tuesday. No, that's Wednesday. not going to happen for sure. Yeah. So Blackwood's probably getting to start Wednesday. It, it's, it's, this is it, right? This is, yeah, this prove is it or lose it. Yep. Prove it or lose it. Maybe if he's, you know, a 500 goaltender going into the tread deadline and he, you know, can somehow play himself into a trade. And then that's where you bring Akira back. Um, I don't know. It's always good to have three goaltenders. And if McKenzie's doing well, and he's always susceptible to injury as well. So um, we'll see what happens. It's kind of disappointing to see Schmid leave because he has done nothing but perform. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Definitely, um, like, it's not shocking is not the right word, but, like, I didn't think that this was going to be, like, a situation the Devils were in this season. I didn't really think Akira or Nico would be, Nico Das, that is, would be ready to play this uh, season, like, full-time in the NHL, but Akira Schmid pretty much proved, and it's obviously a small sample size, and he's only 22 years old, but he, he showed that he's got a ton of upside to work with here, so at least he's got a promising future ahead of him. And he's massive. He's a big yeah, he's dude. A big, yeah, he's like 6'6", six, six, like, he's got to be like 6'6", 200, 210 pounds, and he's very athletic, which is, um, I think, kind of the draw of him being a goalie. Like, some of those st- saves he made against the Stars uh, uh, last week kind of showed off. Absurd. Yeah, 
you know, he probably should have stopped that second goal against the Panthers, kind of just one off his glove, but otherwise I thought he had a pretty decent game that uh, too. So he honestly didn't really even have a bad start uh, in his time up with New Jersey, which is super promising. So we'll see what happens going forward. All right, let's get into the news that we knew the shoe was going to drop at some point, and it seems like uh, most of the shoe dropped yesterday. Um, Alex, you want to fill our listeners in? Yeah, so I haven't, because I was still at the uh, Fisherman's Redacted location yesterday, I haven't gotten a a chance to read Rick Westhead's report uh, from TSN, but this is in following up to the 2018 uh, WJC um, sexual assault um, case that's been ongoing. Uh, just a quick sum up, it's the London Police Department believes they have enough evidence, I think, to charge five players who are involved in that uh, case. Uh, as of now, no names have been released. It just, I saw briefly in the statement, it was like the players were listed as player one, player two, etc. I think. So, uh, obviously, everyone's kind of aware of Michael McLeod's um, uh, part. Everyone was aware McLeod was part of that WJC team and that he appeared to be present uh, at the event where the assault, the alleged assault took place. Um, you know, obviously, he didn't release a statement when, yeah, like other players from that team did, saying they weren't there, they weren't involved. He was one of four players that didn't. Um, he hasn't been charged with anything yet, um, so you, you know, I'm not saying he's guilty of anything yet, but if he's one of those five players that the London police believe they are going to be, I guess, filing charges against at some point, um, you know, the Devils will have a situation on their hand. Uh, so I think I don't like really want to get in too much of a discussion about this because he hasn't been charged with anything yet, and he's not guilty of anything, and we don't know if he's player five. We just kind of... It doesn't look good for him based on the fact that he hasn't released a statement about um, what happened that night. Um, But it's just a bit of an update as to what's going on. So it's something to keep an eye on going forward because if if the London police do decide to press charges against him, Devils will have another void to fill in their fourth line. So, um, but it does, it's not looking good uh, at this point, but we'll see what the London police department, and this is London, Ontario, obviously not London, England, but if, for those who are not familiar with this case, but um, yeah, we'll see what the that police department decides to do going forward. And it's just a story to keep monitoring here as uh, you know more details keep coming out. I'm sure Rick Westhead, who's done an amazing job reporting on this whole thing, will be providing more reporting on it going forward. So if you're interested in still not interested, if you're still you know uh, if you want to keep an eye on this whole story, I would recommend following Rick Westhead on Twitter if you aren't already. So. Now, with this uh, announcement, do you think the Devils will make corresponding roster changes in the coming? I mean, I know you say the roster freeze goes into effect tonight at midnight. Um, Do you anticipate Fitz calling someone up uh, with the chance that McLeod might get suspended because of this? Uh, Probably not. I don't like. I don't know what the London Police Department is deciding. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what the process is going to be like as far as wanting to press charges. Um, and I still have the the article from Rick West said it was pretty lengthy. That's why I didn't have a good chance to read it because I got home sort of late uh, yesterday. So, um, we'll see what happens. I don't. I mean, I based on what I've seen right now, I don't think that Devils. I'm I'm checking my timeline right now on Twitter and I haven't seen Lindy Ruff or anyone say anything about other moves coming other than um, 
you know, Akira going back down to Utica at this point. So, uh, but I guess it will be something to monitor after the holidays, I assume. And, uh, you know, when the roster freeze uh, lifts on December 28th. All right. Well, more to come on that. A very sad situation. Um, it's been a long uh, investigation. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes from, from the initial reports and, and subsequent reports after that. Yeah. All right, Alex, should we move into your favorite section of the week? Yes, uh, time for some stats, is it not? Stat attack! Here we go. Alex, why don't you kick us off? All right, so this one I'm just going to do one because it's a little chunky. Uh, but Greg Wyshynski tweeted this was yesterday morning. Um, and so he cut the Devils' stats from their first 26 games and then from their last five-game winning streak. So. Stole my stats. Oh, did I really? Was that what you were gonna use? You see, we gotta we gotta figure this out before um, we gotta talk about our stats before oh, we start recording our episodes. All right, well, this is gonna take me some time, so you have a little. So this is this is a co-sponsored stat of the week. Okay, co-sponsored stat attack. Okay, that that works for me. But if you want, this is gonna take a little time. So if you want to research something in the next like, minute or two, you got some. Time. Alex, it's all yours, dude. It's oh, all okay. yours. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, through the first 26 games, the Devils had a 56.9% Corsi percentage. Uh, their expected goals percentage was just a, t- a touch above 60%, and then they were shooting 7.36%. Um, this is at 5 on 5, by the way, at 7.36%, and then their save percentage at 5 on 5 was 932, which is outstanding. Then during their five-game winless streak, they have a 56.29 Corsi percentage. Their expected goals percentage is just a touch above 56%. But this is where things switch a little bit. Their shooting percentage has dropped to 5.8%, and their save percentage is only at uh, 88.79. So, And also, um, they only have two power play goals during this little five-game skid, which we talked about earlier. The power play needs to get going here. So... Um, yeah, I mean the Devils are not like we were talking about. They didn't. They're not playing poorly in these games, and you see that in their Corsi and expected goals percentages. Um, and you can, I mean, obviously, I think there's some issues you could talk about, like wanting to find another score. I think we kind of assumed, assumed before this even started that this, if they were in playoff contention, you know, going after a score it would be something they would want to do at the trade deadline. So, um, you know, obviously, missing Bastion, I think, is a a little bit of a I mean, he's not the sole reason that they're on this losing streak for sure, but I, he's definitely part of the reason why it just gives him a little less depth and Ruff doesn't have the ability to roll four lines as he would like uh, as often. So that's part of it too. But like, I think kind of the two main reasons why um, they're not on this little five-game winless streak here is that their shooting percentage has dropped below 6%, which is not this is sustainably it's unsustainably low. And then their save percentage is... You know, nine thirty-two save percentage at five and five is also not sustainable. That's just kind of, um, kind of insane uh, for a team save percentage. So I think they're just going through a little bit of expected regression right now. But you know, they won eighteen out of twenty games, uh, you know, before this little five uh, game skid, which is not sustainable. So I think this is just kind of like nature correcting course a little bit um, here. Um, so if they keep kind of putting up these five and five numbers as far as their Corsi and expected goals percentages relate to, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, it's it's encourage it's an encouraging stat. Yeah, is what you're exactly. getting at. It's a very encouraging stat. The system seems to still be playing the way we played when we were winning. 
It's just, you know, we're not scoring as much and we're not stopping as many pucks. Uh, yeah, obviously, that's, that's, that's the what it aim of the game. But. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it boils down to most. Like, there's odd, these these other smaller underlying issues like missing Bastion in the lineup and then maybe wanting to add another bigger score. Um, that way you have someone like Hala playing more of a third-line role instead of on the second-line wing, which he's back um, today based on practice lines. Um, so, like, yeah, there's the... And obviously there's... Um, I guess defensive depth issues, but I don't know how much of an issue that is. Um, so yeah, there's obviously these little smaller underlying issues, but I think the main one from these five game, this little five game skit is that just not they're getting a little unlucky when it comes to scoring, and you know their goalies are getting a, a little bit unlucky as far as pucks you know hitting them and not going into the back of the net. So kind of encouraging stuff that they you know a couple of good performances here against some good teams they could get the shooting luck could just turn around for them a little bit here and the skid could be over. So something to keep an eye on here with this little three game stretch they have before the Christmas break. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that was the same exact stat I was going to go with, but um, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just, let's, let's turn this ship around. You're, you're yeah. still playing good hockey. It's not like you're playing bad hockey. Not much has changed. Just a little less luck than previously, but it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have a strong week this week. Yeah, if it. they keep playing, like I said, if they keep playing the way they have been at five and five, eventually they'll get rewarded for what they're doing. So we'll see. Yeah. All righty. Uh, should we move into my favorite section of the week, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I don't uh, know. I feel like we could go a lot of ways here, so hopefully we don't have the same thing. I'll let you go first, uh, though. So. All right, fine. I'll go first with Devil's Dungeon, and for me, I hate doing this because I love this player. I love the way he plays, and and the start of the okay, season yeah, he's had. Yeah, the start of the season he's had. But for me, it's going to be Nico. Nico's going right into the dungeon. Um, oh just, boy! Yeah, yeah, I know. Captain El Capitan. All right, plus minus in the Rangers game was a plus one. Let's move to the Stars game, minus three. Let's move to the Flyers game, zero, and then to the Florida game, minus two. That can't continue as one of your number one centers. Uh, I know he's getting tough competition, and he's on the penalty kill, but he's also on the power play, and he also drives a lot of offensive play. Um, if he's going to, you know, if he's going to return to the level that he was to start the season, and I know plus minus is not the be end and end all. But the, the, that plus minus for the last four games kind of jumped off the page at me. Um, not something that you would usually expect to see from someone like Nico. Um, and I think, you know, this team move. Obviously, Jack's been incredible. Jasper's great. But this team moves when Nico's driving play and dominating the other team's first line. Um, and I think we just saw a little bit of a regression this week. So hopefully he'll get back onto it uh, next week. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. I wasn't expecting Nico Heischer to get into the dungeon this week, but uh, good, decent case for it. So, um, I got two. Um, so, dude, I'm you can with. have as many as you want, especially yeah, after no. this week. Yeah, that's why I got two. So the first one I'm going with is the Devils play in late periods, just giving up these goals uh, late periods. It's got to stop. Like you're putting yourself, you're making things much more difficult for yourself than you needed to be. Um, Especially, like you said earlier, in these tight games, when it's like one nothing or 1-1 or 2-1 or whatever. It's a um, swift like, kick to the nether regions is what it is and what it does. Exactly. Especially like in the Stars game when you give up a... It's a 1-1 game and you think you're going into the second intermission tied at 1 and you give up a goal to Hints with 8 seconds left after an icing. Like, 
Um, those are like the real killers, and it's uh, part of the reason why the Devils lost four games last week. If they hadn't, you know, if they hadn't given up those late goals uh, or gotten sloppy against the Rangers, I think we win two of those games. Yeah, they probably sure. win, they, yeah for sure they definitely win two of those games. So um, second one is, and I really haven't had much of an issue with what Lindy Ruff has done this season, but I'm kind of putting him in the dungeon for benching Damon Severson. Like I understand why he did it, but. I uh, don't really agree with it, and we saw that on what was that Saturday night against the Panthers that Brandon Smith had one of the worst games of the season, uh, playing uh, on the third pair this year, and the Devils' defense gave up. You know, I don't know if it was their worst defensive performance of the season, but they gave up a fair bit of chances. Um, and you know, coming into that game against the Panthers, um, the Severson Smith pair was top the league uh, for expected goals percentage as a, a pair. That's via Money Puck, by the way. That uh, was like a little bit of a, above 60%. So like teams were just basically not generating much of anything against them. And it, I know, you know, that pair was not playing top competition. They were essentially the Devils third pair, but I mean, still when you kind of post those numbers, even if it's in a third pair role, that's excellent. So um yeah i'm just i didn't like i understand why severson did it i I thought it was coming based on the way roth talked about that turnover against the flyers um in his post game press conference following that game so like i kind of saw it coming but i would not do that again because i think severson's had a pretty good season and and smith and him just has seemed to have really good chemistry as a pair and you know thankfully today in practice it looks like they're back together so there was a few more people that i would have benched before i would have benched severson yeah it wouldn't have been my first guess to get a healthy scratching but and like i said i understand why rough did it because like it I guess he wants to send the, a message. Yeah, it did cost the, the Devils the game, too. So, like, um, I mean, I know it cost the Devils the game, too, but it also doesn't take a fact, of, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that Carter Hart had 48 saves. So, um, well, at least I Lindy's not. He did it, but I also agree with it. At least Lindy's not benching our top point getter, so. Uh, no, well, yeah, and our top, top point getter leads the lead team in giveaways. Well, like, that's the whole argument, like, like players who have the puck on their stick a lot, like Jack Hughes, and they play like 20 minutes a night, like they're gonna give the puck away because they're trying to make things happen. But like, you know, I don't think anyone really complains about what Jack, and obviously it's different than Severson. Like Severson plays a lot too defensively. I mean, he has like some 20 minute nights, and like he's a puck mover, so like it's gonna happen. Like obviously that play against the Flyers was stupid. Like you gotta you gotta execute it. It's the right decision, but you, the execution was terrible. Um, but like, yeah, he's easily one of their six best defensemen, and like, he should be playing, you know, more often than not. So, yeah, that's kind of my reasoning for putting Ruff in the dungeon for scratching him because I thought it did make a difference defensively against the Panthers. Yeah, and and, and I forgot to mention this, but the Devils' toughness is going in the dungeon this week. Someone yeah, step up, someone step up and defend your damn captain. All right? Yeah. I've had enough of this. That kid, as soon as Connectedy went at Jack, you know who the first one in that pile was? Nico. All right? Jesper, sack up, go into a pile. Anyone, sack up and go defend your captain. To your point, well, the Panthers are not a scary team physically. Yeah. Just sack no, up. Maybe not Jesper bad because he's like 5'10", you know, whatever, 185 pounds. And you don't want him going off. But, like, yeah, like someone like Miles Wood or, like, McLeod. McLeod got into a fight with Delorier. Um, you know, or, um, I don't know, Brendan Smith, he plays with a little bit of bite, too. You know, some of these guys, they got to step up for Nico. So, that's when Ruff says, like, 
yeah, I thought our team response could have been better. I agree with him. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the end of uh, Devil's Dungeon for this week. I mean, yeah, we'll just get better. All right, let's wrap that one up. All right. Now, the three stars of the week. <laughs> it might be slim picking. Uh, yeah, here, this but is Al- a tough one. I don't know where to go <laughs> with this one. Alex, why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you just yeah. do all three and then I'll go to mine? Oh, man. Uh, where do I even start here? I mean, uh, I gotta let me pull up some point totals here. I usually don't do this as far as point totals go, but um, yeah, let's get a hockey reference going up here as quickest way. Jeez. Uh, Trying to think. I mean, I was gonna. I want like you want to say like the usual suspects, like I don't know Dougie Hamilton or something. But that pair had an awful week. Um, I Alex Holtz played kind of well. I'm trying to even think. Don't that line got destroyed. Yeah. Um. I guess, man. I don't even know who. To, I like. I know who my first star is gonna be. Um. Jeez, why don't you go first here? All right. Wow. Well, that that speaks to the the recent level of the play. Uh, I was actually yeah. going to go with Kirish. I was going to go with Kira Schmid at three. Yeah, I, I thought he actually that. had a really good week. Uh, I thought some of the saves he made in that Stars game were absolutely out of this world. Uh, very impressive. He kept them in that game in the second period. He stood on his damn head. Um, so Akira will get the third star for me. I think second star of the week and kind of an underrated week for him was Dawson Mercer. Um, I thought he played really well, especially in the Rangers game. Uh, he, he played really well. Um, and I think Dawson has always brings the energy you want each night on that line. Um, so, so kudos to him. I really think he's, he's played really well. And, um, the third, the first star of the week, it, it, this is tough, right? No one really deserves a first star of the week, but uh, by default, it's just going to go to Jack. Um, he had some pretty crazy, outrageous goals this week. He he drove play. He was the one bright spot on this offense um, this week. And and for me, it's got to be Jack, right? Um, he he had highlight reel goals most mostly every game or a point. He's been on fire. By default, it's just got to be Jack this week. Yeah, so I that's who my first star was going to be. That was going to be an easy one. But yeah, third one is a good uh, – Akira is a good one. I'll, I'll go with that as well. Uh, like you said, the Stars game was pretty good. and uh, Not pretty good. It was very good. And then he played well against um, – was it Florida, right, other than that second goal? So, yeah, that's a good one for me. And obviously it kind of sucks that he's going down given his play, but that's just is what it is at this point with the way the roster is. So third star – uh, yeah, I'll go with Akira. Second star, I'm going to actually go with John Marino. Um, hasn't uh, he, I thought he, he definitely had cooled down before um, this week. And then even though the team did not have great results this week, I thought he had one of his better set of games in quite some time. Obviously, the goal against the Panthers, he nothing like fancy there, but he noticed his awareness to notice that Bobrovsky got knocked down and just kind of like fired the puck at net and it went in. Uh, there you go. And then I thought he he was just he had a good week defensively as well um, in the four games. Um, you know, only had, the goal was the only point he had. I'm pretty sure, but we um, just yeah, only point he had this week. So he played really well. Um, so it's kind of good to see him rebound a little bit because I thought he had cooled down big time since that start of the season, and then 
yeah, first star, obviously Jack Hughes. Um, the shot and chance creation was there all week. He was still scoring goals. Um, you know, obviously he had the goal against the, um, the Flyers, and then he had that goal again, a similar looking goal uh, as he did against the Rangers the first time around when Mercer uh, had the alley oop pass. The time just Mercer had sent it off the glass, and Jack had a fantastic finish there. So I thought he was, I mean, no doubt about his play. I thought he was fantastic this week, even though the team didn't, you know, they lost four games. So Jack is was always going to be my easy first star of the week, is trying to find other players who performed well this week, but I got, I, I finally figured it out. So, all right, perfect. That wraps up three stars of the week. Let's get into the week ahead, and it is a busy one. At that, uh, let's let's see. We start off with the Hurricanes on Tuesday, then followed up with the Panthers on Wednesday, and then finish up the week with the Bruins on Friday. Woo! That is yeah. one way to go into the Christmas break. Um, Let's start with the Hurricanes on Tuesday. This is the first time we're playing the Hurricanes this week. As of last night, the Hurricanes now tie the New Jersey Devils for the top of the Metro Division, although the Devils hold the tiebreaker because they have more regulation wins. Um, this will be a, this will be a blockbuster matchup. I've actually been waiting for the Hurricanes for a while. Uh, similar to the Isles, I think they're the class of the Metropolitan, and I know Lucille's very excited about the Hurricanes yeah, as well. Uh, she she she's all about uh, the Rob Brandamore. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Not only because it's going to be a great measuring stick, I think the Hurricanes also play a very similar style of hockey to the Devils. Um, I think they play fast pace. They want to get up and down the ice. Um, I think they have a lot of young talent similar to the Devils. It seems like they've actually figured out their goaltending the, in the past year or so. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this one because historically the Devils have always had trouble with the Canes the past couple of years. So it'll be nice to see them uh, go up a, a, against a division rival, but also who I would think is you know a cup contender in class of the NHL. Yeah, I before the season started, I had the Hurricanes winning the division, and then um, probably yeah, I did have them coming out of the Eastern Conference this year. Um, I guess you know the thing is with the Hurricanes is they're coming in on a five-game winning streak, and they're nine zero and one in their last ten. So like, they do have to lose eventually, and the Devils also do. They're gonna win a game again at some point. Like their losing skid has to end as well. Um, you know, is this going to be it? Is the Carolina game? It's uh, going to be it. Here, here we go. The fishermen guaranteeing a dub on Tuesday. Here we go. My oh, first guarantee of the season. Okay. Rock it, load it, bet it. Let's go. Puck line, Devils, stamp it. Yeah, here we go. We got our first fisherman guarantee of the season, everyone. Um, but I do think it's a kind of a good spot for the Devils to get out of their funk. Uh, so to speak, just because they haven't been playing poorly like we've talked about so much on this episode. And the Hurricanes do have to lose a game in regulation at some point. Like I said, their one loss in their last 10 games is an overtime loss. So um, we'll see what happens. I do think these two teams will be battling for the Metropolitan Division um, for the most part for the rest of the season. So um, I guess you could say it's one of the Devils' most anticipated matchups of the season to this point because you got two really good teams going up against each other. Yeah, definitely. Then Wednesday, revenge game against the Panthers. I don't care if we win this game or not. Well, obviously I do. 
I just care that we show that we have a set of balls. All right. Yeah. Go into that game, outbody the Panthers, outscore them, run them off the damn ice because I'm sick of Kachuk. I'm sick of these cheap shots they took at Nico. What Nico did to Barkov was the normal, normal face off draw. That happens all the time. Yeah, I didn't very think it was anything. Yeah, I didn't think it was anything intentional. Very unfortunate that Barkov got hurt, especially coming off an injury. I think Barkov's a fantastic player. Uh, I think he's obviously always in this in the discussion from one of the most underrated players in the NHL, um, and, and it really is sad to see, especially from Nico, who has been a little bit of a injury ridden himself in his career. That was not a dirty play. That was normal face off interaction. Um, but you know what? If the Panthers want to take offense to it, fine. Give it right back to them and get back up on that horse. Yeah, I agree with you there. You, you definitely have to show a little pushback against them on Wednesday. Yeah. All right. And then let's finish up the week with a absolute stunner of a game at the Rock on Friday. Similar to the Carolina game, I've been I've been really circling this one on the calendar. The Bruins are have started the season red hot. They, unlike the Devils, have not had a five-game skid. They've kept it going for the most part. This one should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, the Bruins. They, I think the Bruins are a little bit different than the Devils. They bring a different style of hockey. They're very much a veteran-laden team with your Bergerons, your Krejci's, your Marchands, uh, your Taylor Halls. Uh, they do have some young blood on the back end with uh, uh, McAvoy and uh, who's the guy I'm forgetting they traded for? Uh, Lindholm? Yeah, from Lindholm. the Ducks. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, I think they, they, they play a different style than the Devils. Devils have historically not done well against the Bruins unless McKenzie stands on his head. Um, this should be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to this one as well. Yeah, I agree with you uh, totally on that. Uh, the Bruins are a wagon, uh, as they usually are. They look like a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Uh, Linus Olmark might even be the Vezina favorite at this point. I, last Crazy I to think, right? Percentage. Yeah, I think last I saw his save percentage was like around 940. I don't know if it's still there, um, but it's definitely close to it. So if the Devils get Olmark in that game. Uh, I heard the I heard the Sabers are looking for a goalie. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, well, you know, in fairness, he decided they that was a mutual de- decision there because the Sabers were nowhere near close to contending when they let him go. But yeah, it's uh, bad luck for the Sabers on that one. Although I don't think anyone saw Umark turn it into this at any point, you know, after signing. So it's kind of crazy that we're at this point talking about him as an early Vezina contender. Um, but yeah, whoever starts that game for the Devils, um, and you know we know Blackwood has a pretty good history against the Bruins. I don't know if they're going to give him back-to-back games, but whether it's Vanek, I think it really depends on what happens Wednesday. Right? Yeah, if he Blackwood starts that Wednesday game and he plays well, it wouldn't surprise me if Ruff went back to him on Friday, given his history against. It, the, uh, it the really Bruins, seems so. Ruff has a liking for Blackwood for some odd reason. Anytime you think he's going to VTech, he seems to always just lean back on Blackwood for some reason. Yeah, and you know, Vintek has cooled off a little bit. He played well in that Flyers game uh, last week when they lost, but he, and coming into that game, he had an 863 save percentage in like his last four outings. So definitely had come, came back down to earth a little bit. So um, if Blackwood does play well Wednesday, obviously you want gold, both goalies to play well on this little back to back here. But if Blackwood does play well Wednesday, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get the start against the Bruins. Um, 
you know, I mean, you think the Bruins would have to lose at some point, but I'm not really confident in saying that about them just because of the way they're constructed and the players that they have on that roster. So, um, yeah, it's a tough week, like we said, but I do think the Devils are going to kind of at least stabilize the ship or stabilize, <coughs> stabilize things here a little bit. Uh, I think they they should get out of this little losing skid, um, but it's not going to be easy. They're definitely going to have to work for it. Yeah, definitely. Anything else that we need to add, Alex? No, I think that covers it uh, for this pre-Christmas uh, episode. Yeah, I think um, – are we going to be off next week or uh, – um, I think we might have to record Monday, We might have to record on Monday. Yeah, right. Christmas is on this. yeah, it is on Sunday. So, yeah, we would have to record Monday, I think, if yeah. we can get it in there. Yeah, next week's a little TBD with the holiday – uh, Fisherman is traveling uh, to the DMV region, a little bit more V than DM. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully we'll, talk we'll to you next to week. Maybe not. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. we'll try and get something. Depend. Honestly, it really depends on how well the week goes. You know, if I want to talk <laughs> yeah, about uh, devil's hockey. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll we'll just need to take a little Christmas break, like the, the team will, for you know three days if things uh, don't go well. So. Yeah, but I think we are going to do another mailbag uh, for the New Year's episode. Um, so, right, so please put that out on Twitter. Yeah, probably sometime next week. Yeah, please reach out to Alex or the show's Twitter account with your questions. I thought the first round was super successful, so we'll do the second one. And we're going to look to get some guests coming into the new year uh, in 2023. Yeah, hopefully. Either- have a, yeah, I'm hoping to have at least one lined up. You know, the first half of January. So we'll, to to be decided though. Either respected journalists like Alex or idiot fans like myself. Uh, So one way or the other, we'll have some guests on here. Um, But (laughs) as always, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen and support this podcast. Um, I know I, uh, I know I speak for Alex when we say this, we really do appreciate all the listeners and we wish everyone a very happy holidays and a very happy new year. Um, and, And the devils will turn this around. I'm confident guaranteeing a win on tuesday yeah yeah there you go you see you heard it first everyone the fisherman guaranteeing a win against was the carolinas the tuesday game right so there you have there it there we go and watch they'll get chased but you know vtech will get chased and we lose 5-1 but um <laughs> all right here we go i hope everyone has a great rest of the week and that is a wrap on episode 13 and hopefully a wrap on this losing streak let's go devils Go Devils.